practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Welcome to the podcast, don't sell me that Watertown Brown. The good thing about all the extra light is I can read my stamps later into the evening. <laughs> Welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. I'm Dad 1. Dad 8, Dad 1, and Dad 2 have a lot oh, more sunlight. Were we going to the same spot? I went numerical, you went alphabetical? Wow. <laughs> DH1 and DC2? Oh, man. DC case. Uh, let's see. Well, you already did that. Uh, what's going on? Nothing. I was just, you were regaling me with tales of uh, dad driving, dad hacking. Oh, Jesus. What was that? All right. One second. Let me, uh, speaking of, um, yeah, I sure was. Here, let me find you again. So I was, yeah, I was out driving Lyft. Lyft is interesting because as opposed to like my other gigs, Lyft, it, and it, by the way, it's like slowly but surely- it, shifting it to, does not lift your spirits it does not lift your spirits but also like it's like um god what what kind of job can i equate it to or what kind of situation where she starts off real real sweet and let i'll, I'll just go off one example like financially she starts off they're like let's get you reeled in let's just say like a bar job where they're like all right mm-hmm. uh oh, yeah we're gonna need somebody friday and saturday nights but then they see you're a team player and they're like Hmm. We need people on Monday and Tuesday afternoons, and none of our current scumbag employers are going to take it. But we just hired this guy, guy, and this guy needs the job. Hey, man, you don't mind? We're going to give Chris Saturday night. You don't mind? uh, We could really use a a Wednesday afternoon man. Sure. So it's like, like, okay, I could use the work. Little do you know, like, the Monday morning gig is the guys who've been digging the, you know, the S7 subway tunnel for the last 50 years. <laughs> right, right. That's their Friday. That, yeah, literally, uh, yeah, it's that Monday morning. So, yeah, Monday morning was an, all the Monday morning drinkers are the guys that put the sign like on their tombstone, like out to lunch, and then they head to your bar. <laughs> 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 what it, was fucking uh, Jim Jones's dad's like? Everyone was my friend. Oh God! Is this? Uh, did you? Are just you, the saddest tombstone I list. There was yeah. Right. So I. It was just the saddest tombstone was like everyone hated this small town drunk, and it was Jim Jones's dad who went on to do the Jonestown massacre, like a complete total psychopath. But of course, we've come to find out that his dad's tombstone, everyone hated him. It was just like the world is my friend. Oh, I got to find this thing because we're on that. Oh, it's so good. Uh, But so what I was doing, so I'm driving Lyft. And so the thing is they like reel you in with all these sweet bonuses, which are sweet and it's good and it's super helpful. And it's not like with Lyft, you're beholden to anybody. Man, I had two points I was getting to. But now they're like, (laughs) they turn that faucet off and you find yourself driving and you're like, all right, I made a hundred bucks. And you're like. I was in the car for six and a half hours. It's like, oh shit. Like you really got to know, like I'm slowly but surely getting like the angles. So like you can, but the thing about it is the thing, the sweetheart about Lyft and maybe you can find a good, um, uh, simile here, but like Lyft works so you can work. And then at the end of your shift, it's called express pay. So for an extra Mm -hmm. 25 or 50 cents, 
you can take all the money you made that day and put it directly into your account. So like if you don't have, you know what I mean? So like, as opposed to another job where oh, you get paid on the week, guy, yeah. no matter if I could take one ride, if I'm like desperate for 20 bucks and I make 20 bucks, sure. I can put that directly yeah. in. So like I saw my bank account this morning. I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to drive Express myself bank. out of the ditch out to, I'm going to put out to work on my tombstone and, and uh, try and get ourselves um, get ourselves on top of this heat. <laughs> no, it, it, it's even sadder because you put out to lunch and then parentheses work. <laughs> yeah, he right. told people he was out to lunch. He was working. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. He was working through the lunch. Oh, that's dad talk. Uh, would you? How, hey, what'd you get for lunch? I worked. <laughs> I worked. So here's what I do. I get up. I go to my first job. <laughs> Lunch break is second job. I go home, have coffee and sandwiches, and then I hit the third job at the stables. <laughs> it's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, I'm trying to find that tombstone. Here we go, because I love it. I actually love it, but it's just so old-timey. Um, did I find it? Uh, no, but it's just like classic old sad man tombstone. It's like, what, what could be sadder? Love? Question mark? <laughs> people liked him i think yeah, oh, well now i'm just finding amazing tombstones with things on them uh <laughs> here li- this is a real tombstone oh god here lies good old fred a great big rock fell on his head rip oh god and you know that guy was the kind of guy that ripped farts to get a laugh at at the party and then someone just bashed his brains in Let's see, uh, A. Galupe, born down under, died on top. Yeah, okay. Oh, God. That's like that bury him face down just in case. Jesus Christ. Oh, and I can't even, D, oh, that's just a, that's a stupid. It's a, it's a tombstone that says D, capitated. I wonder who he was. (laughs) Um. Okay. No, so. but they do have those like classy tombstones where it's like you could get a fucking Mountain Dew Doritos tombstone if you wanted. Wait, excuse me? No, they make like just you can get whatever the fuck you want on your tombstone. Like you can have a picture or like an LCD screen. Really? If you want. Like like you're going to a Shell gas station? Right, yeah. No, like you're filling up and it asks you like uh, let it unlight it. <laughs> Super premium. Hey, here's what's going on with uh God, I, I haven't stopped at gas just... stations all the time now. It's just gas I got station it. TV. Here lies Dr. T and then it's just a, a uh it's just a taxi cab TV of just our old sketches. <laughs> Played ad nauseum. Oh I would Forever. love it. I would love it. It's like that shitty movie with uh uh Robin Williams where he was a guy who um, catalog. So in the future, everybody has a chip in their brain to record their entire lives. And then at the end, it's such a stupid premise for a movie. At the end of your life, you die. They take the chip mm. from your brain, image your whole life on video. Yeah. And then poor sad sack Robin Williams sits in the back of a dark corner and then compiles the best moments of your life for a funeral uh, uh, like your your um, highlight reel for your funeral. You remember this movie? Oh God! No wonder he hung himself. And so he ends up doing. Oh, 
So he ends up doing. Why would you choose such sad things? Well, it's such. Why would you? So of course, all of them. <laughs> it's like such an amazing thing because he at, he does this. He sets a highlight reel, and then he sees the people at the funeral, and he sees like like they're like, oh, he was such a good man. He's like, he had sex with his son. He, this senator killed a <laughs> prostitute. Yeah. You know, because like it records all the images. So he's like the Truman Show. He's the, like the guy in the nest. Like he knows all the secrets because he edits, right? Exactly. Funeral videos. I can't believe you I have haven't... no idea what movie you're talking. I'm about. so surprised. Maybe what dreams I may come? It. No, 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 no. <laughs> I found this. I found this. Uh, this tombstone, uh, and I really like it. But it's just so beautifully old timey, which is I think why I like it so much. Yeah. It's um. Here lies a Hampshire grenadier who caught his death drinking cold small beer. A good soldier is never forgot whether he death by musk or whether he dieth by musket or by pot. <laughs> who is this? This is all right. So this is the, uh, if anybody some, that's listening. No, no, no. It's actually dude, like Randy. It's doctrine. It's doctrine from. The recovery group I'm in, like, to be not named, because you don't mention, like... Sure, yeah. Like, it's because we're going to talk about it on, and then we can plug it, so this week is, we're back with Have a Good Night Court, season three, Uh and Have a Good Night Court, this this episode, was so, like, old, just say it, old AA, old timey, which I love, which has things like this, because it started in, like, the 40s and stuff, Mm -hmm. this program of recovery, we'll go back with that, but, like, in the... Uh, you can listen to it if you listen to Have a Good Night Court. Like, their cure for, you know, like, hangovers are just so quaint and lovely. Like, they're like, he's hammered! All right, we need black coffee and sandwiches, stat. Sandwiches, yeah. We need to get some hamburgers in his belly. I just like, yeah. I was like, oh, I love that. Oh, I just, I love that deal. It's like... Which is so funny, because if you think about it, it's like, who do you encounter most often who is hungover? Like, we're going, like, back in time, like, old hobo tramps. So if I'm a hobo tramp, I'm like, oh, man, I got a powerful hangover. That's amazing. You know what helps? A couple burgers. So everyone's (laughs) like, ooh, hamburgers are the cure for a hangover. It's like, hey, I'm just real hungry. Then I'm going to get drunk on apple brandy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm going to eat one of the hamburgers, and then I'm going to ferment one in the old boot I carry in my bindle. (laughs) Who wants burger rat? Uh, okay, so, uh, Lyft, uh, but what we were getting at is I was telling you the story, I picked up this guy, kid, he was on spring break, and he was just obliterated, no judgment, but it was noon, and he was just so drunk, I felt so bad for this guy, but he was kind of dick, so It's it like away. you, like, I would, like... Ashley and I went out this afternoon, and, like, I noticed, like, on TV, there's, like, it's college, ba- like, if you get college basketball drunk, that's yeah. drunk. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like, I, I drank too many mojitos while watching Villanova. Yeah. It's like, who, uh, what? God. That's disgustingly drunk. Yeah, every- They started playing at 9.30 this morning. Yeah, that's weird. Tur- sports tournament stuff is weird. I don't think, as Americans, we have, like... Hmm, here's an analogy. Uh, uh, Americans, uh, sports and drinking hit, um, like, the Western European con- 
conquistadors of America the same way liquor hit Native Americans 300 years ago. Sports and liquor don't go well with... We're just not equipped for it. In Europe, they can do it. England, up at 8 a.m., having a pint, watching the soccer game. But if you're having like a martini in the morning watching curling because the Olympics are on late, you're going to be... You're you're disgusting. You're sick. Oh, no. I I feel like that is is a really good excuse for bad behavior. Right. And I've, I've been there. I, I mean, It wasn't sports, probably, but I've had plenty of excuses for bad behavior in the day. But when in, when you were in New York, was a bar open at 8 a.m.? Right. It's open when there's a, a soccer game on. It's yep. open when the Olympics are on. That's a great point. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But, like, soccer games, it makes sense that it'd be... If, if you're an Irish pub and you play like proper premier league football slash soccer. Like you got to be open at seven. Yeah. Because people who follow these teams are European. So it's the only time you can watch it live. It makes sense. But then of course you get a couple scum bummers from South Dakota who are like, ain't been this drunk since the high school basketball state finale. Oh, God. Yeah. I think oh, just thinking about a bar at 8 a.m. Because I don't know if it's 8 a.m. I'm sure there were a couple times, but I'm just thinking of a bar in early dusk or what is it? Early dawn? What's in the morning? Just bar early morning because I've been there and it's not because I just arrived. Mm -hmm. It's because I'm still there. And it, while it's always a lot of fun until that bright sun starts breaking through those shades and you're just like, oh God. It is a different type of feeling world yes like being in that space because uh where i worked in williamsburg on the corner was like a proper irish pub that when they had games on they would open at seven yeah like they'd be open when the games were on and people would be there rightfully yeah but there was one um and granted i i knew it was busy because i'd be going to brunch to work and there would it'd be full of people hanging out. And I was like, oh, God damn, these people were here two hours before I was even awake. But Ashley and I went, our, our friends were getting married in L.A. And we went, so we took a weird red eye and had, and we were just like, let's, we want to get up and go eat brunch or just be somewhere that's not this apartment. And we went to like a legit proper off of the L.A. Highway bar that's open at like 7 a.m. every day. No sports and they needed. Serve, they serve coffee to legally be open. Got it. Got because it. we walked in and it was probably like 11, 30, 12 o'clock, like brunch time. But we were like, ah, we'll just go get like a Bloody Mary and just hang out. And like someone was asking the guy and it was like, when do you guys open? He's like, we open at 7 o'clock every day. Like do you, you know, like one of those people was asking too many questions, and he's just like, "Uh, yeah, we serve coffee." Oh, you serve coffee at at seven thirty in the morning, and he's like, "Yeah." People stop off the highway, and I was like, "This is like a legit, like we're like fucking steamador. Like we work the docks, we get up at five, we get loaded at seven, and we go to work." Reminds me of that bar, and it's just it just feels different. Like you don't. There's one TV and just this guy serving coffee and popcorn. It smells like coal nope. and Marlboros. It just it's just rough. And I was like, ah. 
It's one of the, okay, got it. This place is always open and will always serve you booze if you're not a douchebag. Right. It reminds me of the, um, the, the way you described it reminds me of season two of The Wire. You know, that kind of off season mm-hmm. where they focus on exactly. the docks. Yeah, it's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. yeah those, yeah. Those it's are the place th- where Tom Waits' dad drank. <laughs> like, Tom Waits sings songs about this bar right, because he sat in the car and waited for his father or was allowed in when the sun was up. Ah, oh, God. Yeah, that's so good. It rem- I, I had a, oh, that remind. I was going to. So, yeah, so I had the this, oh, my God. We're pinning it. Context is key. But you're just talking about bars. You know, I still got in me. I haven't worked at a bar and it hasn't been that long, but like a year and a half maybe. And, uh, but ew, that rage is still in me. Because, you know, you work in bars, you experience the same people because mm-hmm. people getting drunk or people getting drunk. It doesn't matter really yeah. what environment you're in. If it's a bar, people act shitty when they get High drunk. Highbrow, lowbrow, rich, poor, smart, stupid. It, they all blow. They all suck. <laughs> But I was I was helping out this weekend, and sure enough, it like just like it reminded me because it was like it was awesome. It was super busy uh, at uh, Jesse and Andrea's, and uh, they have these awesome. They do these things called wineritas, so it's like frozen margarita machines. And it's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's like they're super inexpensive. It's like something people can grab to cool off while they walk around the property and everything. And these people like just had their own glasses and out of the corner of my eye, I see them. They're just filling up. They're filling up their own glasses. Like, Oi, what's going on? Like, what? We got to pay for them. It's like, Oh, just it like so welled up. I was just like, yep. I was home again. Just yep, like, cause just, it was back baby. Because you can't really like, you, you just go, Hey, stop it. And that's kind of, and then make them pay for it. Like that's it. Because, it's like their job to be drunk and stupid and try and get over, and it's your job to go like, hey, 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 to like, stop them. Because that's yeah. yeah, that's it. It doesn't have to go any farther than that. But it's just like, oh man, it was just no. There were totally like, like nights bartending where yeah, like you you are like you said it perfectly. Their job is to drink and get drunk and try and get over on you, and it's your job to stop them from getting too drunk and stop them from getting over on you. And unless you work in places like that, you forget about it. Right, exactly. That's what, yes. In Williamsburg at the Rye that I worked at, they had a a proper restaurant and then below was more of like a, like a bar and they'd have DJs and parties and stuff. So more often than not, I'd be upstairs at like a nice restaurant as the manager. Right. And then have all these like roustabouts and roughnecks and troublemakers downstairs and there were... So many instances where I would just be doing my rounds and people would be on the street drinking with glassware or drinks. I just go, hey, hey, and you'd yell at them. And there was more more than not. It was the same people. So I'd come through more than once and I'd be like, I say, hey, the first time and the second time I go, you take that shit inside right now. And I take their drink from them and just on these people's ass. More often than not, those people would seek me out before the night was over and say, thanks, good night. Because they treat you like a dad. It's weird. Right. Yeah, sure. But it's happened to me more often than not is just like, and I'm walking around with a a shirt and a necktie, so I already look like a, a, 
you know, assistant principal or a fucking like substitute teacher. Thanks, but Mr. They Building. There was these no individuals that I would just be on all night. And I was like, if I see you out here again, you're done. You're done. But then I'd see him and they'd be like, yeah, thanks a lot. Have a good. It was very fun. Thank you. Have a good night. And I was like, weird, weird. They knew psychology of it because they because somewhere, whether subconsciously or not. Yeah, that dad role. They knew you could have cracked the whip harder. You could have had that leather strap. You could have pulled it, but you allowed them. You allowed them a few breaks. Chase them inside. You keep this shit downstairs where it belongs. Goddamn butterfly net. Uh, no, but you're right. Like, just it's just, and if you, yeah, if you're not in the, if you're not in the thick of it, you'll appreciate this. This actually happened like two weeks ago. Here, one, one, sorry, and, one second. Let me shut dirt up here. One moment. Oi! Cut off. Cut him off. I know, right? <laughs> Filling that dog bowl. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but I was like, I can't wait to tell Hans the story because too, too much time in the trenches. I was telling you I work with that guy, and I have a, a report about him bartending that sex party. Yes. But it's the same guy, overshare, like bleeding, like just talk, like feelings talk, we're always talking, and it was a shift, we were working together, it was so slow, so like cripplingly slow, and then this like middle-aged woman comes in, and she was like tipsy from wine, and she's like, I am just came from my movie, and... I'm just going to finish my wine. So he just like hopped on like, oh, someone wants to talk. So they immediately start talking. And she was like, I just saw the, you know, the documentary Oscar documentary shorts because the movie theater was playing all the Oscar stuff. Cool. So immediately they pivot and they just start talking like hardcore politics. Oh boy. And I'm like, oh God, you know, like, like my feet curl and like I clench my butt cheeks. I'm just like, fuck. Like, I, there's no one in this bar, but, like, nothing good comes from this conversation. Pin butt cheeks, by the way. Go ahead. So he and her are just, like, and I was like, okay, they're, like, politically on the same page. And right. I'm just, like, retreating further and further away. And they keep, like, trying to, like, kick it to me and defer to me. And then, like, I'll put my two cents in, if anything. And it's just like... You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. So they start just like talking about like, and then they immediately pivot to like guns. And I'm like, fuck, this is just like, it's not fun to listen to. No, exactly. But immediately, and you know this, as soon as you start talking about shit like that, it goes out into the universe and someone goes ding, 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 ding. And they come in. And the fucking craziest, <laughs> fucking most disheveledest, fucking fat, weird little man comes just like beep, 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 he just totters through and he just surveys and he's just licking his chops, listening to these two just like go to town. He walks to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, like I can't be like, yo, what are you doing? Was at the movies. I can't like chase anybody out until I know. So I, I actually have a customer, so I'm ringing someone up, and he comes back, and he just goes, I couldn't help but overhear what you were talking about. And I just go, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> uh, so, of course, those two 
just start like trying to like reason with this person. I was like, don't like stop, like stop, stop, like don't. And he's just don't like, engage. but you don't like just don't like he's crazy. You're being you two are being crazy. He's out crazying you. And it just got to the point where they just started yelling at each other. I'm like, go, go, come on, enough. And they just parted ways and then parted ways going like, basically, he was like, you don't believe in the Constitution. And like, they were like, illegalize everything. And it was just like, this just got real intense and really weird. And it's because there were drunks and crazy people. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't talk about that shit in a bar. Like, it just doesn't, it never... It's not the floor of Congress. Like, it doesn't work. It'll never work. Yeah, that's why old scumbag Irish dock workers were like, uh, scumbag Irish dock. That's why, that's why the old bars have the rules. Well, one, I forget what they all are, but what was it? No, no politics, no something, no other. What is it? No politics, no religion, no, no service? <laughs> no shoes. No shoes, no service? <laughs> What is, yeah, well, anyways, yeah. one of them, Christ, one of them's no politics. No, it makes sense because any time that happens, it just, you can't mix the two. You just can't. Like, booze and that shit, like, people get emboldened. And, well, that became a rule because all the guys in their own bar, and it was their bar, they knew where everybody stood because it was their own watering spot. And then they'd get some, whether it was a conservative bar or a liberal bar, they'd get somebody from outside that would come in. And would it be immediately talk about like the opposing thing? And it's like, nah, no politics. Yeah, just just doesn't work because it was just like then it was just two people just yelling at each other. And it's boring. It's boring. No, it really is. Get a podcast. It's like you're you're no exactly like shout at your friends, right? And then alienate your family when they listen. Oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I am on the same at least. So I was talking to, um, what was I talking about? There's certain family members I have, uh, Elon, I feel like we Eland, Lay, and Aaron K, <laughs> that are like just, and the, the the interesting thing is we're on the same, like exact same page politically, but they are mm. like so super in tune, MSNBC, CNN, that, mm. uh, it's like, I, I I think we'd already talked about this, where, like, I just had to step away a little bit. Like, I get, I honestly, I'll take, like, a five-minute chunk. One, I get my garbage news, which I love. I love John Oliver. And, you know, like, yeah. I get my snippets like that, and I'm aware that that's in my sure. bubble. And then I get, like, the actual, like, I get Guardian, and I take, I consume that for about five minutes a night, and I'm good. So I get, like, the, um, what do you sure. call it? Amen- amended? Addended? expedited version whatever i get my news but like if you fall into that shit it's just there's too much there's too much right now it's it's too weird so it's too much there's too much uh like talk and opinion because there's not enough content so there's too much speculation yeah which i don't like i don't like as as we just made the joke like i really hate like listening to people pontificate about things they don't understand, and I was like, "Well, that's what I do." Once that's what I that three hours, but well, no, no, no. But that's what that's what. Yes. Yeah, so let me put it on me because you're exactly right. Everything's opinion. Everything's speculation. 
And just my natural inclination is I see opinion and speculation like a diving board and I double Lindy hop my way out there and I just exacerbate the whole situation. So like, it's not fair for me. I get my thing and I, I, there's no need there. I know we have the podcast and I love it, but there is no need for me to (laughs) just come on. But everybody listening, I already know, knows that (laughs) please all right, now I'm now I can't even finish sentence. Please tell me, and I hope it's Ben, that there's one person out there that only gets their political news gets and insight right. oh from God. me. <laughs> so any normal conversation or any actual normal platform or environment they're in, where they're like, "Well, what I heard is Donald Trump uh, was tooting recently," and I was like, "Who the fuck are you? what?" Chindo. I think we're a force of good Governor Chindo. People, people check their sources. They're like, well, if I heard Hans and Casey say it, I should probably not take them at, <laughs> at their lip service. Oh, yeah. That's why Allison's so Because amazing. we are MK Ultra, baby. We're trying to brainwash all of you. That's like, uh, like there's that website or there's there's a few watchdog groups, right? That And I'll say specifically it seems like Trump, but... They will just mm-hmm. somebody will make a speech or uh, they'll be stumping on the campaign. And then this watchdog group will say, this is factually incorrect. This is incorrect. You know, they just check everything because the people throw out yeah. stats and this and that. And they're just like, no, that's wrong. This is actually accurate. And Allison. So I Allison just does that for me. And my numbers aren't great. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> Below average. I'm batting. I'm I'm no Ted Williams. I'm Ted Williams' <laughs> frozen corpse head at the, out to lunch. Here lies Dr. Toilet. If you believe anything he says, he you're you're gonna spoil it. I don't know. It's like a curse. Like you read the tombstone and you're like, if you believe everything anything he says, you're like <gasps> and then you swap bodies and they're the one trapped in the casket. Maybe. And you're free to roam the earth again. Toilet juice, toilet juice, toilet juice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, babe. Uh, I think those are two nouns that we haven't put together yet. Toilet, toilet juice. juice. That is a punk band from 1991. Who's opening oh, for yeah. Green Day? Uh, it's this band, uh, toilet, toilet Juice. Toilet juice. Oh, it's like Gigi <laughs> Allen. Like that fucking documentary yeah. where it was like... <laughs> How have we not talked about? So you and I watched that Gigi Allen documentary. It's a documentary out there. I yes. forget what it's called. It was made by Todd. No, not Todd Salons. Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. Thank you. Yeah. Of old school so, fame and all these con- hangover. The hang hangover movies. Yeah. So it's an amazing story. He's in film school or you could correct me on fact check me. But basically film score just got out of film school and he loved this. I think Just, he was in N. He was. I. It wasn't Columbia. It was NYU. Okay, film. School? He was in the NYU film school. Yeah. Yes. So he was going to make his student film, or he's finally f- trying to get a film made, and he loved this band, Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies. And I gotta be honest, band is a stretch. Performance was artists, maybe these guys were just still a stretch. They, <laughs> It's just a band of scumbags. 
Um, and yes, like a lot of like racism too, right? Weren't they like from two brothers from Ohio? No, he was like from uh, upstate like New York, West Virginia, or oh, all right, like he was from a like a hardcore religious family, as I recall. And they were about, I believe right? he was like horribly molested. Yes, oh, yes, yes. Um, but despite that, he kept his like gumption and became the punk artist known as Gigi Allen and they he just sang and it was funny because we was talking about it at work because I was talking about this documentary what's can we plug the name of the documentary I forget just Gigi Allen Gigi Allen documentary it's the find it. Todd Phil just yeah if you google Todd Phillips Gigi Allen yeah, you because it it's got the documentaries worth checking out just because it's well done and it yeah documents this guy like as we're talking about Gigi Allen whom is a punk to the definition of punk like sang songs about like molesting like having sex with corpses like just the most incendiary awful stuff but did he but it's not like it wasn't well composed like you couldn't like you couldn't really understand him in the recordings the shows were nightmares um, uh, sorry. I, I, I recall in the documentary, people were like, "Well, he could have been a good songwriter. He had a couple good songs here and there." Which I feel like, going with your Ted Williams analogy, eh, you're gonna you're gonna get a, a ground ball every now and then. You get a good bass hit, right? If you're if you're doing, you it stick a lot. it out long enough. If you write a, enough songs about being a pedophile, you might actually get a good love song that you thought was a pedophile song, but everybody else heard it different. And but he was so one two amazing well one two uh so a few amazing things about it one to fund his documentary yeah uh, Todd Phillips reached out to John Wayne Gacy who had a shitload of money because this is before prisons put in regulations about criminals being able to profit off their crimes so John Wayne Gacy was actually making money in prison by selling his paintings and shit. So he it's had like this stockpile of money, and Todd Solans. Todd, I keep saying that Todd, right? Because it, w- it had to do with like he couldn't use the money for anything in prison. Oh, maybe like, that he was couldn't the buy rule. himself a TV. He couldn't buy himself, so he kind of had this pool of money. Or so, yeah, right. He couldn't. Maybe there was an couldn't buy himself a carton of cigarettes, right? Because they're like, no, 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 that you can't directly connect. But no, like, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. No, no, I, that, that makes sense. So what he did is Todd Phillip reached out to John Wayne Gacy. They became pen pals. Maybe they were even prior to this. And he was like, hey, I want to make this movie about G.G. Allen. And of course, I think John Wayne Gacy was like, oh, yeah, G.G. Allen. Good tunes. Good friend of mine. Yeah, basically. And so he's like, yeah, all right, I'll fund your movie. But I need you to take a roll of Polaroids, take a take a a bunch of Polaroids of you masturbating and bring them to me. So he had to bring pictures of himself pinching one off and then he got this movie funded. So that's fun fact number one. Yeah. Fun fact number two is basically part of Gigi Allen's whole structure was he's kind of like the Holden Caulfield. Like he hates phonies and phonies in the music business and that's what he's railing against and even punks aren't punk enough. So you'll have all these amazing... And that was his thing because he is built... Like Porky Pig. Yes. yes. Like 
like a beautifully round head and then just like a kidney bean shaped body. Right. He didn't and like skinny legs and arms. Yeah, he didn't. have. And so that. he's like, you punks are a bunch of fags. Like, I'm going to fight you like he would get into fist fights and they'd knock him out, send him to the hospital and the show would be over. Right. But he, then that makes him the most punk guy in the world is that he got stabbed on stage because he called some guy like yeah. called people out. He had he will give him this. He did have real punk body like he didn't have like Iggy Pop like I'm a rocker, but he still got a six pack. He looked like a a, yeah. a thumb with a swastika. In the words tattoo. of uh, <laughs> the great our friend and the great comedian Vince Averill, uh Iggy Pop. His body, it's like a beautiful man with heroin shellacked abs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought up Vince. Uh, you gotta plug, we gotta plug Vince, and not that the show needs a plug at all, but Vince Averill was on Pete Holmes' podcast, You Made It Weird, this past week, and I implore oh, no everybody way. to check it out. He was one of our best friends in comedy in New York. He's an amazing guy. More than that, he's one of the funniest comics I know. Uh, he oh, and Jesse yeah. Pop, and of course, he tells stories about uh, Jesse Pop and his New York. I gotta days. listen. I gotta and listen. Oh, it's amazing! Yeah, I can't. I I can't express enough. How everybody should go out there and listen. And he tells the amazing story, and I was like, Oh God, I remember this story for like a year. People couldn't stop talking about it. How he and I think it was Jesse, but how Vince, Jesse, and Brad Sternagel saw a um, flying saucer. <laughs> I remember hearing it about it either the next day or the second day. And from their story, they all like matched up. Like they just saw the a triangulation of lights flying above as of course, as they were like smoking a bowl on the roof or something, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And I, we, we commissioned our friend Brad and it was like, he, that he ran with it, man. Cause he can, he can roll with things of that nature. Gotta check that out. And then when you do that, check out Jesse Pops. But I think we already talked about that. That's like a year back on You Made It Weird. But Gigi Allen, so he's railing against punks. You're not really punk. And he was punk. Like, his guitar player, his brother, he was like, Hitler didn't have a good Hitler mustache. I'll show you a Hitler mustache. Do you remember (laughs) that? He just had a Hitler mustache that went down to his belly button. I've never (laughs) seen anything like that. It's the craziest thing. Top grew a Hitler mustache and they were like, no, no, you got to keep it clean. Keep it tight, but long. Oh God. It's that is a weirdest anyways. So there's that. These guys were definitely punk, but part of Gigi Allen's thing was like, one thing was he's going to kill himself on stage. That was his big thing. He's like, I'm not going to go out like any rockers. One, I'm not going to get famous and take the money. Uh, Nobody was offering it to him. Two, but, He's not taking it. Right. He's like, all these scumbags that are just doing drugs. And they're like, so anyways, long story short, Gigi Allen does end up dying of a heroin overdose. And oddly enough, either the day before or the last day, his whole life was filmed because of this documentary. And what's amazing, this long roundabout way of me getting to it is so the last either 24 or 48 hours of Gigi Allen's life he spent it's like a sad little show in Proto Williamsburg, right? Like in the corner of a warehouse, uh, like ten people yep. show up. But one of them, and I know as soon as I say it, so Gigi Allen spent a good portion of the last couple days of his life with a man with a ponytail in a pink dress, 
with his thumb up G.G. Allen's ass, just walking around oh behind God, him right, yeah. the whole time. I was like, we're watching. I was, what is this? And it's just like, yep, he's real punk. So this guy is just like weaseled his way up to G.G. Allen, stuck his thumb up his ass. And I guess it's too not punk to like swat it away. So he just walked around with his thumb in G.G. Allen's butthole for the fucking show. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't see the the guy insert... But you see Gigi Allen's face because the show's not going so hot. So he takes to the streets. Yeah. Oh, and God, he was so Gigi Allen was famous despite for being a, a consummate relentless scumbag, as you've heard. Right. And degenerate and liar because he's like, I'm going to kill myself tonight. You better come out to the show. And then he just got knocked out by somebody. Uh, <laughs> he just is like, this show sucks. And he would strip naked all the time. Oh, God, yeah. Which I guess makes him more punk because we described his body type. So, again, you have this pasty kidney bean on these spaghetti legs and <laughs> just this little, like, baby doll's set of genitalia. Like, just tiny little balls and a tiny little penis, which makes him more punk because he's just offensive about it. Everyone's like, oh, my God, you're disgusting. He's like, you love it. You love it. So he just was walking around the street in beetle boots, covered in <laughs> like blood, so like naked. <laughs> beetle boots so and like, shorts are the most amazing <laughs> combination in in uh, fashion history. What is the chili or what is the Ohio treat that's chili over pasta or something? What's it called? Skyline chili, Cincinnati. He's the Skyline. human version of Skyline he is. Chili. Skyline Chili. No, it's, it's, it's appropriate. He is just the most diarrhea-esque looking chili Ugh. draped over gross stale noodles. So he's, yeah, he's naked in the street, beetle boots, like leaning <laughs> against like a stop sign, just begging to get arrested, but no one cares enough. So as he's standing there like yelling at the camera, as Hunt said, you see this guy in a dress walk up close behind him and you see ggl and like give a look and then you see like a below the belt line move and ggl and just kind of goes <laughs> gives the look if, if a man stuck his thumb in your butt and just i'm good with it and just goes with it <laughs> you're just like oh my god and then literally like it fades out and you're like gg allen died 24 hours later from thumb poisoning <laughs> <laughs> i mean I don't know what's more like I'm sure honestly Gigi Allen was real gnarly so his butthole was I can't my brother who is a contractor went to the hospital for an infected hangnail on his hand so I know that that stuff can get nasty so imagine putting your thumb in Gigi Allen's butt Oh, I, no, I can't even. Or vice versa. Like, Cause he that was guy always... has like a crab claw now. Another, I love the things because you can say, well, Gigi Allen was famous for showing his tiny dick and balls, for sucking random penises on stage. Oh, that's but true. He was yeah, also, that was his other punk. Well, thing. that's just an amazing spoiler, an amazing cut. He's like, nobody's really punk anymore. And it's just, boom, snapshot. He's at a party and he just has some other kidney beans, a little finger penis in his mouth and he's not giving him a blowjob they just went oh you're punk like i feel like Gigi allen is has the rube band over punk because they're like 
He has to yeah. do anything because he says, if you He'll don't, do it. it's not punk. Go put your dick in Gigi Allen's mouth. Like, Bleh. he won't bite, I promise. Nope. He'll go, Bleh. I guess this is what <laughs> I do. <laughs> He'll just burp on your sad dick and balls. That's the worst. He gives you the burp job. Gives you a toilet juice. Go give him the toilet juice. That's how we got on it. The punk band. He's toilet, toilet juice. juice. Don't look <laughs> toilet in the juice, mirror and toilet say juice, toilet, toilet juice. juice. Yeah, and you bring G. That's that's uh like they're already making movies about Tanya Harding. So somebody oh needs God. to write a script that's toilet juice, but it's bringing Gigi Allen from the grave. Don't say his name. And there's the book of etiquette. Of the the dead punk Chindo rockers, etiquette. Chindo etiquette. Oh God. Um, what was I getting on? So I had you pin butt cheeks because I was like trying to think of what uh, what was going. <laughs> I feel on. like that's a, just a perpetual pin. Oh it's, yeah, the pod pin. Yeah, it's it's on my it's on my <laughs> dartboard right behind my screen here. Um, because and I was like, oh, I bet Casey's got some good stories here. My nephew, I don't think it was his first, but like, I was like, oh, sweet. Cause I was like, oh, what's going on? He's got a sleepover tonight. I was like, oh, that's amazing. Oh, I was like, are you excited? He's like, yeah, yeah, it should be fun. I was like, you know, you gotta get the whip, get the not whipped cream, get the shaving <laughs> right. cream ready. I, <laughs> the you know, cream. like talking about this stuff. And I was telling him about old sleepovers. Get the. <laughs> The feathers for tickling. (laughs) (laughs) But the best is he took it. He went straight to the extreme and is like, y'all ready for the sleepovers? Like, I just don't have my duct tape yet. And I was like, oh, we've unleashed a monster. And what that reminded me of, of course, he was joking. What that reminded me of, though, is the true ultimate prankster. And I can't believe we haven't talked about it because it's one of the great scenes in cinema. And my brother Jesse went there immediately. Is of a young Emilio Estevez giving a oh, tear felt yeah. monologue. Oh my God! One for the ages. One for the ages. So if you don't know Breakfast Club, I'm sure most people out there listening go check it out. Uh, it's a bunch of they've seen it. I'm sure they've seen it, but they don't remember the scene the way we remember the right because we pick things out the way Gigi Allen picks out moments of life. You're like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> I need to store that weird monologue. And, um, so it's like at you, every, all these rascals are in detention for who knows what, but we slowly find out what they're in there for. There's a a dirty Mm. Gigi Allen punk kid. He wishes who's in there for pot or something stupid. There's a kid in there for cheating. There's a girl in there for a cutting class. There's just a, a weirdo. And then you don't understand. You're like, why is. Emilio Estevez in there because he's like a jock kid. He's a hot dog wrestler. Oh, and he but he gets read the riot act from his old man at the beginning. Oh yeah. So you already feel bad because he's like, you son. <laughs> he doesn't call him the son of a bitch. Basically, you son of a bitch. You went to fucking detention. Like you do your time and you get out. You're gonna ruin your scholarship. Like so, you're like immediately. Emilio it has the worst life. Of anyone on the planet Earth. Right. Because he's a fucking high school wrestler that has to go into college wrestling in which a is, featherweight which is division. It's so rough. It's so rough. Ugh. Like, wrestling is like, I tip my hat to people who are high school and collegiate wrestlers, but. All that weight making and shit? There, it's an insane sport. There's no fame for you. you right. 
you party with the G.G. Allens in high school and you have nothing but zits and your ears are cauliflowered. And like, oh, yeah. Where we're from, it's all the farm kids. So they like they do stick their thumb in your butt. It's called like the old ninety six or whatever. Like Justy tell you all about it. The thing of, and the thing about um, you're saying zits face. Oh, yeah. The only way a collegiate wrestler gets famous, especially like a featherweight, is if you end up hanging out with some billionaire in Pennsylvania and he kills your brother. Like, there's no, like, avenues towards uh, or athletic fame. The other... Oh, God, it, it's been, like, five years uh, because uh, my brother Jeremy wrestled in high school for a while. So, it was, he, like, he's a tough, tough yeah. fucker. Like, he's yes. a tough man. Both your But, like, are, he, yeah. he was just like, holy fuck, this is awful. And then my boss, Cal, was a wrestler. And he went to college for wrestling. So he had all just crazy wrestler stories. Like, they're just the the roughest roughnecks in the world. But, like, five years ago, all of the collegiate wrestlers were getting beat by this guy who I think they called, like, the Anaconda. It oh, was this kid. No, it, basically, it was this kid who had no legs. Oh, my God. And they called so, him the... Wait, that wouldn't... Okay, continue. So he... <laughs> So basically you had all these like top tier like kids who trained their fucking lives to like wrestle and they'd wrestle this kid who had no legs. So he had to start. He started every wrestling match at lower points because he is down. What do you mean? So every. I mean, because everyone starts like you get on leg to leg. your hands and knees. One and then guy you on shoot. your hands and knees and the other guy gets under you, right? No, that's like. You you start standing and then you shoot right. and then you grapple and if you're brought down, that's points and then they reset and then the guy's behind you and on top of you. So the guy with no legs started on the bottom so anyone he wrestled got more points immediately, but because he had no legs, his arms were as strong as a human's legs just and he say, had this vice grip he had thigh and strength. my boss Cal showed me this video and he does move like a snake would because he's so strong. So they start and you just see his hand go, yep. And he grabs the guy's arm and you watch him fight and he pulls him down. And then that other hand just goes, yep, and just pulls him down. And once the guy gets you down, you're done. Oh, fuck. Because he'll just right. wrestle on top of you and he's so much stronger than you. Like with his arms. Right. Wrestling wise, he can get on top of you and score more points and ends up winning. So everybody was just pissed because they're like, he has such an advantage. That's and you're such, like, what's, right. what's his advantage? And like, he's got no legs. And it's uh, like, well, excuse that's me? not an advantage. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it. it's so funny how that works because that's like, it's just all. So the, that's your future. Right. That's it, like all these athlete, athletes in the Olympics who are like, he can't be in the Olympics. He has he has no legs. He's too fast. Runner. It's like, well, you need to you need to train harder. Then I'm sorry. He has no legs. They put fucking metal rods on his on his fucking humps, and now he's gonna <laughs> race you. I mean, there's probably a more elegant way to put that. But the wrestler's like, sure. he doesn't have any legs. He's got to wrestle in the Special Olympics. Then you need to wrestle with him in the Special Olympics. That guy's no, but that's the thing. Like you, you get, I get it. Like it's tough because you're like, I have such a narrow skill set. 
and I am arguably the best at what I do. And then you encounter somebody right. who's better than you and seems to have a slighter advantage. Like, I don't, you like, can't I don't know how him. to combat that. Like, right. maybe train just with your arms. Like, do the merman training where you're like, I don't use my legs at all. I'm just going to. Yeah, but then like, you I don't just. Know how you... you end up with these. So with him, yeah, he's got these strong, amazing leg arms, but he doesn't have the extra weight of the legs. So with you, you can do the arm strength training, but then you just have these like little steroidy legs, like these little just uh, spaghetti I, legs, thing, just like, dragging you down with all that weight. You let one of his arms get a hold of one of those legs. It's chicken bones. You know, for it's you. like it's uh, it's it's me being the armchair wrestling coach, and it's hard to tell someone who's trained their life to do this. But you you gotta kind of just be like, yeah, he may have beat you, but. You'll get to walk your daughter down the aisle. Oh, fuck. He doesn't have any legs. Like, oh. he'll, he'll get some. Make lemon lem do the old lemon lemonade speech. And show him that famous scene from Forrest Gump with the fat Asian wife. That's the second time I've got to reference one of my favorite scenes in cinema history, <laughs> which brings me back. Hoy, we didn't. Yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I no, interrupted it just brings me we back even to, to the, the point famous of... scene. Speaking of collegiate wrestlers, played by Emilio Estevez, and it, he keeps the straight face because it's finally time. He's finally gonna. They're like, "What are you in here for?" He's like, "Ah." They're like, "Finally, he smoked a little dube. He's connected with oh, the, yeah. the freaks Dancing and the squares." The library. So they're finally sitting there, and he goes, "All right, you've been wanting to know." And they haven't really, but I'll tell you what I'm in here for. You know, Hank Skettleneck, the nerd. I'm paraphrasing. and <laughs> uh, You know, the real nerd. Well, he was in the locker room and me and the boys were in there and they were ribbing me and pressuring me. So I took old Hank Skettleneck. This, <laughs> and I grabbed him by the neck. And I pinned him down on the wrestling bench. We took his pants down and we <laughs> squeezed his butt cheeks together with medical tape. And, then, and didn't he talk about how hairy he was? Oh, wait. And yes. And I shouldn't say, did I say butt cheeks? He goes, we took, we took his shorts down and we squeezed his buns together. And the use of buns is just so unsettling here. And then he goes, yes, he takes a break and he goes, by the way. You guys know how hairy that nerd Harry Skettleneck is. Oh, Skettleneck. <laughs> Skettleneck. He's like, he had hairy buns. So we put the medical tape on him, and you start to see a tear go down Emilio's Estevez face, and, like, and they're ragging on me. And I'm thinking, I gotta do this for my dad. So I ripped <laughs> the tape off Skettleneck's buns, and the, the hair came off, and the skin and the blood from his buns was on the tape and it just cuts to everybody and they have the right just expression the and they're just going wait what you you're in here because you that's horrible or i don't i think they're so in shock they don't say anything they're just like fuck you man and doesn't that take some of the sting off of when uh uh old weird science it's like, yeah, I brought a gun to school. 
a flare oh, gun. Fuck, that's right. But it takes away from the fact that it was like you taped a guy's butt together and ripped the hair off and he was bleeding. You're like, wait, what? That's horrible. You couldn't have just been detention. God. Just regular old detention. That's yeah. Oh my god, it's uh, to write Anthony that. Michael Hall. Yes, Anthony Michael Hall. I forgot. So what was his deal? He was writing. Did he, he get caught cheating up. from all the pressure? So he brought a flare gun to school to kill himself? No, no. He he was straight A's all the way, but all the troglodyte teachers and the scheduling, they made him take shop. Oh. He didn't want to take shop, but he had a perfect GPA and he took shop and he couldn't make this lamp. He couldn't make it work. So the reason he was in oh, yeah. detention is because he brought the flare gun to school. Cause I think he was going to kill him or shoot somebody. I don't that, forget. That's they don't go up. that I far. Now that we talk about, about it. Like, yeah. But the flare gun goes off and started a fire in his locker. Which is he would get expelled. Or he now to school in Trump's America, he gets shot by some minimum wage security guard. Yeah, I forgot it until we started talking. I was like, oh, man, this is way this worse than dark. a That is a dark, dark film. But I got on it. So I was thinking, I was like, oh, my God, I hadn't thought about sleepovers in so long. And they were so good every year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The best that we'd look to the number one sleepover of the year was at my friend. Yeah, I didn't care. My friend Ryan Rubelke's house. It was awesome. Because his mom went all out and going all out. I don't know. I'm sure today it's like uh, there's just so much higher expectations. All it meant was his parents took us to Burger King and we all got to Mm -hmm. order what we wanted, which was like, you know, five bucks. The biggest thing you could order. Yeah. Right. Double bacon cheeseburger meal was always what I got. Dr. Pepper, fill that baby twice, get nice and hyped up. Then we go to the arcade, the electric rainbow. By the way. Mm -hmm. My brother was trying. You might know this. He, he, as soon as I said yeah, when we went to the arcade, he said which arcade? I said, what are you talking about? There's only the only other arcade I can think of is the arcade <laughs> our buddy's dad owned downtown, and then he burned it down for the insurance money. Right, and then <laughs> Electric Rainbow in the mall. Elect, yeah, Electric Rainbow in the mall. But Jesse was telling me about an arcade that used to be across from the smoke shop. On what is that? That's not seventy. What is that main strip that goes by the Burger King? Oh, it was in the the parking lot in the mall. It was like a because they had basketball. Like they had the oh yes two two yes. lanes of like half court basketball, and I think there was like a six hole mini golf. It was like a super tiny yep. mini golf. You're right. You're right. But they had like ten arcade machines. Yep, I'm not. A, yes, all right. So there were other arcades, but we would go to the electric. As yes. I recall, that's where the the local Tufts. That was the Tufts arcade where you go to buy drugs. Didn't they hang out in the Roughnecks? Like, hung so out they out had there. an outdoor basketball court that was about the size of a prison cell. See, I, as I, I feel recall, like yes. that's where that they were getting a jump early. Like they were hanging out in the yard early. Because I remember going as a kid with friends. Because the other, for people to describe, so basically there was another mini arcade establishment, maybe 50 yards away from the mall proper, which had Next to the Bonanza. comic book store I worked at, the Kmart that Hans worked at, and then the arcade. That we hung out at more. 
the electric rainbow, which is amazing. So this one had more like activities. And I remember going, I just remember it's like, it's sometimes at the boys and girls club, when you, you just feel it, you're like, this ain't right. I ain't playing games today. Because I'm going to get fucking muscled. Oh, God. And that's how I felt there. I'm just like, I'm going to get worked by some of these roughneck kids. So I'm like, I'm out of here. Sidebar. It was, it was, from the stories I've heard or from what I can feel, the Boys and Girls Club, uh, the, the, um, what's the word I want to look for? Hierarchy. I don't know what it is. The Boys and Girls Club was a treacherous domain to enter in, at least in Watertown, and I don't think that was an anomaly. Boys and Girls Club. I think all of them are, are as treacherous. rough. You know why? Yes, because that's where, like the rough back in go. the day, that's where kids had to. Go, that's where parents could drop their kids and know they were in one spot while they were at work. Finish the factory, yeah. Latch and then kids. pay some twenty-year-old with a fucking pencil thin mustache who got paid to like check out the ping pong paddles the here's here's my analogy when you saw a a kid outside of the boys and girls club who had a laminated boys and girls club card on a necklace that is the equivalent if you're in prison and you see a guy with a swastika tattoo you go oh i know what part he's i'm gonna steer clear of him He's part of that. Ru- he's part of that crew. Oh yeah, no, because I we would go. I we went, like my brother Jeremy and I would go for I've a been. little while after school when we lived in the neighborhood, and it was just kind of like take him under my arm, and we're like, we're gonna go sit in the arts and crafts room. I know until that room. five o'clock. That's the thing, cause because you weren't regulars, and that was my that first feeling day. Too. That first day, you got like a buck from your ma. For candy Air and hockey. video games, so you, so you share, you pool your thing, and then you got worked immediately for your for your money. Oh yeah! As soon as those quarters go in, someone steps in and muscles you out. God, that place. Yeah, I didn't go. Or I didn't go often. And then there were kids that went there all day, and they just knew the lay of the land. They could just <laughs> fresh fish. Fresh, we're reeling him in. Oh, oh yeah, no. I could just in in my mind's eye they all have beards and mustaches. I, they don't, but they were like all the biggest twelve year olds and you're just like, fuck this. Yeah, they all had homemade play tattoos hockey? of Come like, on, let's play pool. Let's play pool. Like they mostly and you're like, No. Nope. Bumper pool. We don't have it. Oh, bumper pool. Bumper pool is it's, the it's the swastika of pools. I was gonna say it's. I, I, I was yeah. I was gonna say it's the toilet juice of table games. Oh, it's the that it's not. But to me, like that reeks of like, if you lose this, you're going to jail. <laughs> like you play bumper pool for your brother's soul. <laughs> like that's how. Yes. Like, oh my god. I don't even. If I lose this bumper pool game, they're stealing my brother's pants. Who came up? Because bumper pool was created in prison. They're like, all right, we keep trying to get them to bring a pool table in here. They won't do it. So what we did is we got these chewing tobacco cans and we dug up some earth like Andy Dufresne and we put it in the mess hall and you just throw these. What? Oh, it's totally the grifter pool because what's. didn't they just change it from bumper pool? Was it snooker? 
Well, snooker's a whole like, another. Snooker's the the gentleman's is that short game table pool? game. Snooker is the way snooker is is you have to hit one. The pockets are smaller, so they're like just okay. ball size. Two, you have to like hit two balls, so you have to hit like I I don't remember. And I I love that you say gentleman. I'm like. Again, nothing but 12-year-olds with mustaches right. know the rules to snooker It's called anymore. snooker. There's a reason for Southern, that. Southern gentlemen and then laminated boys and girls club kids. I think that's- No, I, you're right, though. Like on a ratty red shoelace don't or like safety pin to your shirt. Don't. You're like, no. Usually their names were like Royce or Devin. You just can't trust them. Uh, uh, I, uh, I remember getting my boys and girls club card. And now in my mind, I just feel like Andy Dufresne, like they covered me with that dust, <laughs> that anti-louse dust. you, and they, then put that as they. <laughs> how do you spell Van Heel? V H N. They take the one shoelace out of your boot so you don't hang yourself, and then the other shoelace they put your laminated card and they put it over your neck. Oh God. Um. I was like, oh, uh, sleepover. Yeah, that's so fucked up. The Boys and Girls Club. I haven't thought about that in a while. So we'd get to go to the Electric Rainbow, though. And it was yeah, yeah. it was heaven on earth. Not jun- not the Junior Jail Arcade. Right. No, no, no. It wasn't uh, the batting cages. Never trust a batting <laughs> cage, by the way. They're always in a seedy no. part of town. There's always, yeah, there's always somebody hustling. Literally like Bad News Bears. Like one of those... Like, uh, what was his name? I forget. Like Kel- a golf pro, but it's like a baseball bat. Right. Kelly. Kelly Lee. Kelly Lee. Great name. So we would go to the Electric Rainbow, get him back, and th- you'd get the suite. They had a birthday deal. So what it was is they'd pay for a package. Birthday boy got 50 tokens. I think I've talked about this. Uh, his partners got 30 tokens. All of my Ooh, tokens went to that like shitty that. Sega holograph game, <laughs> hologram game, uh, and it was amazing. And then the next thing you do, uh, we didn't have a blockbuster video. What do we have? A premiere video. It was what was it was pop and go, pop and go, and then it was premiere, pop and pop go. And go is the classic, yeah, the puffy letters, and it was so good, yellow and and blue. God, I can picture it. So we'd get to go to pop and go. And we get to rent two movies and one game. And they were always uh, Ultimate Fighting Championship games back before that shit was mainstream. So it was literally like Mm -hmm. just two guys punching each other in the dick. (laughs) Like it was Frank the Tank (laughs) Abbott punching Ken Shamrock in the butt cheeks. (laughs) He always got to put the tape on the buns. (laughs) And then it was always like. Ryan's dad would be sitting watching that and he'd say something racist about Bruce Lee. He'd be like, hey, did Bruce Lee come in here and take all these white guys out? I don't know why you're watching that. And then the other video game would, or the other movie would be something that we would pray would have nudity in it. And sure, then a video game that would always instill a fight. And then it was to uh, what I was talking about. And then it was prank time, baby. Try and stay up Who's all night. Who's the first to fall asleep? Who's the first to fall asleep so you can become horrible little demons to them? Oh, God. I was, uh, I might have told this on here. My favorite aspect of that is 
Joey Crazy can never trust <laughs> the Joey banana. Creasy. Yes, the banana. <laughs> I might have talked about it. So this year, so uh, as Hans is setting up, like we do the classic, you you ever you know the hand in the water, yep. tickle the nose with the handful of shaving cream. Sometimes you just like put gross food in their mouth, draw on them or something. Um, fart in their face, like just course. your classic. Fart like, on their be farted on the pillow, or z- zip the sleeping bag up and then tie it just tight enough so when you scare them they can't escape. <laughs> God, it's so horrifying. Uh, these were like the highlights of the year. So, getting back to classic, a little spin on a classic. <laughs> That's the best. I love this. So, so that year, I can picture it because it was just so perfect. Uh, that year, Ryan's mom. Uh, Diane got two brand new couches and they were these beautiful floral like show couches love seat and a, and a fully extended and you know obviously Ryan don't mess with the couches of course that what does that do that plants a seed in Creasy's brain yeah. that someone, that couch someone's gonna fuck with this couch or I'm yeah. gonna push someone on this couch when they got a, a piece of pizza and a coke Right, that couch is on the hit list. But the couches are, sure enough, they're fine. Everything's fine. And it's like, Joey Joey fell asleep. Meanwhile, it's like, there's no way Joey's asleep. So we're like, let's get him. Didn't have shaving cream. So we just found this old, rotty, mushy banana. We're like, all right, this will work. Just take this banana, shove it in his hand. And by this time, everybody, I feel, but Ryan has seen Joey, like, kind of squint an eye open. So Ryan goes over. We got this disgusting banana's hand. Tickles the old nose with the feather. And Joey just goes, huh? What? Tries starts to bring his hand up towards his face. And then it just immediately brushes by his face and just harshly (laughs) rubs this banana into this brand new couch. What? I was asleep. It's like, oh my god! You woke me. <laughs> oh, it's so vindictive, so good. I think, but that was the same year Joey put me. I I almost lost my life because Joey put me in a dryer. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing beats those crimes you commit, like crime and punishment. Like, like you conspire in the dark when you know you fucked up. Whether like. You like it was always breaking something, like always. Oh yeah, because we'd have them, and there was the family that lived across the alley from you, the Lundquist. Sure. And the oldest boy was my age, and the the other boy was my brother Jeremy's age. So we stayed oh, over yeah, there all right. the time. But they'd have like these these epic sleepovers, and it always devolved because his mom would just be like, "All right, kids, everyone's here." Who wants food? She'd order food and then just disappear. So it was like amazing. It was like uh, the uh, island of of misfit toys. Like we just like la 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 la, just madness. Lord of the Flies. It just would no exactly like sled down the stairs, like just going absolutely apeshit. But it was always like you'd go too far and break something. It was like don't tell them they're asleep because they always fell asleep first. Oh. So it was just the rest of the roughneck kids. So what like, it would be like you and Timmy or something? China. It would be yeah. yeah no, exactly. I can picture it. Oh, that's so <laughs> like, perfect. What are we gonna do? Oh, we need. Uh, You're the one who threw the football. I think Verno and I talked about it on a on a soda jerks or something, but sleepovers. We can all Verno Verno and I had a lot of them, which sometimes there were crossovers with 
Joey, because it, it. Oh my God, Joey would. Somebody would always get seriously. You injured. can correct me if I'm wrong. Wouldn't like Joey's house was the party house as well. Oh yeah, but when oh, you stayed yeah. with Cliff, yes, you had to wrestle Cliff. You had to wrestle him for your and, breakfast, and Cliff didn't pull any. No, <laughs> Cliff didn't pull any punches. It was like you were, you know, sawing logs up in the Pacific Northwest. He's like, "You want breakfast? You gotta fight for it." Cliff Crazy is the furious styles of Watertown, South Dakota. <laughs> he just raised Joey to be a man from like the moment he could walk. So he's like, "Your friends want to come over? Then they better be able to hang." And he, we'd be like, all right, because it was like amazing. It was Lord of the Flies, right? So we'd get in Joey's and, and everything went. We'd have like toys. Just horsing and around, horsing wrestling. Horsing around. And we'd be like, Cliff, you want to wrestle? We'd be like, you don't want to wrestle me. We're like, yeah, we do. And, all right, you said you did. And literally, shirt <laughs> off, like the ultimate warrior <laughs> peck flexes, because he just had a He's guy that lived in the basement. Stimpy. There was a guy that lived in Joey's basement that you never saw, sitcom style. <laughs> never saw. And all he did was work out in the basement. No job. Wife kicked him out like seven years ago. And it's just <laughs> lived and worked. All he had was a weight bench and a sleeping bag in a basement. And you never heard hiding or hair of him. You just heard like, clank. You just heard the, yeah, fucking. Jesus Christ. The monster down by the like furnace. a prison cell. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, sleep no, we would do with my cousins. We started this thing and it's totally like just an excuse. Like it's totally a sociological experiment. We would do this thing called Midnight Pillow Fight. Right. And it was basically you just everyone gets a pillow, you shut the lights off, and then you pillow fight. But what the subtext was was like it's just an excuse for you to beat up on the person that no one likes. God Almighty! In the yeah. room, I think everybody so basically can relate you just to this. Jump! You just jump someone. Yeah, and when we would do it with Full Metal Jacket, it was my cousin. No, totally, it was my cousin, but she was a fucking bruiser. So that just we were like, all right, we don't. Let, we're just gonna play Midnight Pillow Fight, and then if you need to, just you can you can hit Megan. But she would just kick the shit out of everybody. It was like. Uh, the Hulk in the dark. It was like, someone kicked me in the face. That, that kick in the face. They used to play, I think we talked about it. Just, we used to play this game called In the Face. Because kids in high school oh, are God. morons. And it was literally, you just walked to somebody and go, in the face. And you'd punch him in the face. And usually it was softer. But then there were people that were just going to punch you in the face. And then our our friend... um uh, who do I equate him to from uh, um, Kerouac? Water, oh, Neil Cassidy. Water Tony's own Neil Cassidy. Joey just took in the face. And I, I, there was just one time where he's like, in the face. And I was sitting on the couch. And he, he was sitting on the other end of the couch. I was on the end of the couch. He just goes, in the face. And he just shifts his body. So he's laying on the couch. And he just gives me a boot to the face. Like one of those hits with oh, literally just... Like, there's been a few oh, hits yeah. in my life where you just black out for a minute. Oh, no. Same thing happened to me. We were horsing around. It's funny. We're tight at the arcade. And, like, Joey's big, and I was about Joey's size. He got bigger than me. Right. Um, But it was, like, that middle school, like, early high school, and we were horsing around, and 
he was like the big the big guy who like pushed me around. I was like, oh, we're just like horsing around and like kind of like wrestling and same thing, like kind of pushed him down. And then he just straight up mule kicked me right in the jaw. The kick. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I just saw it just it's like, you know, so, saving Private Ryan. Yeah, like, it comes in. <laughs> I was just in a daze right. and standing there. And then he stands up and turns around as if to say, like, are we good or are we going? Because it was one of those kicks where it was like, this could go. And in my head, I was kind of like, I think maybe we have to fight. Right. But he was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. But in that Joey stance of like, I'm sorry, but I'll 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 knock you out. (laughs) I don't want to have to knock you out. But right. Like, I know I crossed the line, but like, I'm going to finish. And I was like, I'm good. Joey's the human Omaha beach. And we said to anybody that Many doesn't have tried right to anybody that doesn't know him. It, did he, we don't mean to make him come across cause Joey would do anything for you. He was, Oh my God. Yeah. He was on our side and he just happened to be, uh, abusive. Were we battered a women? Houser. Were we batted wives? No, he's just a, like a you brute. talked about, like his roommate was a guy who only lifted weights, who was his dad's friend. Well, not his roommate. Like he's his just second dad. It was my two dads, but one of his dads just lived downstairs in a <laughs> one unfinished of his dads basement. A, a house arrest con. Uh, look, they pitched that, and like the guys in the room are like, "All right, I like the idea of my two dads, but as far as the one dad who just lifts weights and masturbates to the wall." <laughs> Can we get Paul Reiser instead? <laughs> and then they call Paul Reiser and he's down in a basement with his shirt off. They're like, he's like, uh, yeah, you got it. He's like, ah, does he have a, like a love interest or a girlfriend? Yeah, he's got a knot in a tree out back. <laughs> the old tree knot. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I just think he just he was just one of those dudes like rough, played rough. Oh, yeah. So it always went like he was always down to like he would fight, but none of us ever wanted to fight him. We could have if we wanted. Well, yeah, you have a couple couple slugs of Southern Company. You're like, yeah, I'll fight, and it's, it was always because you're not. A, I'm not a fighter. I couldn't make it. I'm not a boys in the girls club man. Not yeah. a dirty. Oh, no, not no. a the other arcade guy. What else? <laughs> no, it wouldn't. I'm Harry Scuttleneck. <laughs> you are Scuttleneck. You weren't hairy enough, though. I know, I know. That tape would come off gingerly. They could reuse that tape. <laughs> it's his fresh tape? Hey, just roll that back up. He didn't have any buns hair. <laughs> Get that other hairy nerd. Set- no, but there's a the thing on. I was hanging out with Joey. Like, he'd get loaded, but he never... Fu- like, he got mellower when he drank. Thank God, yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about it. Joey's like... Joey was uh, the guy that uh, if you can't handle your booze or drugs he's the worst example because booze made joey mellower and pot made joey like extremely creative extreme like he's an amazing artist an amazing painter sculptor all this stuff and he could smoke a bag of weed to where i would need to sleep in a gutter with mestizo (laughs) and then go eat a box of berry berry kicks and joey would have like two paintings done so for like like he's he he's what is it? It's uh, Hunter S. Thompson. He's 
uh, too strange to live, too weird to die. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. Crazy cast. I would love to get Joey on the cast. I haven't talked to him in Holy a long shit, time. Holy shit, that'd be fun as hell. He's crushing it. Um, Verno could get him. He and Verno live in Sioux Falls. Oh, I, I, I'm friends with him. I'm sure he'd be on the pod if I, if I just asked him. He'd have a lot of insight, I'm sure. In old water Tony as, life. as top of the as the top of the food chain of that boys and girls club. I don't know if Joey was a boy. Joey was too G.G. Allen for boy. Joey was the G.G. Allen of the boys and girls club. He built he built his own boys and girls club in the woods. Uh, yeah, you just had to no kiss shoes a, allowed. All you had to do was kiss a chicken foot, and you're in. <laughs> Long story short, Joey and Ryan. <laughs> had a tree house in the backyard at one point and they were like yeah you can be in the club but we both kissed this we both had to kiss the the official emblem of the club oh yeah what is that quate ren and stimpy q ren and stimpy just this close-up of a chicken foot with gnats and mosquitoes flaming around it stink lines gotta kiss the chicken foot sure enough did it still have enough tendon where you could grab the tendon and make uh, the, the chicken best oh my god i forgot that's this pure watertown thing like you kill a duck or whatever and they're like don't throw the leg away watch its watch toes this. bend <laughs> that's a shitty uncle trick right there horrific oh, oh yeah. god that is no so i kiss this chicken foot and of course they're like <laughs> we didn't kiss that damn foot and then i get a <laughs> then i get a foot to the face and knocks me out of the tree oh my god no because we used to like pal around in the with as you oh the old dahlgren clan oh boy yeah yeah uh so that was the the crazies of my neighborhood was the dahlgrens and hansi knows them very well well. yeah good kid like total like the kids you want on your side like the the river phoenixes of stand by me like the tough kids who are like yeah stop picking on those kids oh the bat like the sweetest guys if you if you're connected if you're on in their, their circle oh like, yeah dustin dogren is the toughest motherfucker i he's definitely crazy tough that's for sure i ran into him not that like i ran into him maybe seven eight years ago and i was like hey long time no see and I don't know what he was doing. Like, I think he pulled out a pack of cigarettes to have a cigarette. And I looked at his hand and it had basically just become like a, like a, like a kicker's club foot. Like he just had. <laughs> it was just the calloused. Fightingest hand I'd ever seen. He just had one big knuckle. Just looked like a, oh my God, like a, like a hoof. Just a tough, <laughs> tough guy. But no, it's like, so he. Was like the the kingpin of that neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a very benevolent kingpin, but like don't cross him. So my brothers and I had just moved into that neighborhood. So when he wasn't around to like lord over us, there was like the scuzz, the scuzzy kids who would just like just be assholes. They were like the Kelly Lees, but they were mean. Right. Had the like dirt bikes and they would intentionally like harass my younger brother and his friends or if we built like a a fort in the like shelter belt that was in the undeveloped neighborhood they would like ah you fucking kids and they'd break it was one so it was one of those things no but he was definitely of that ilk i probably shouldn't Um, say names sorry but uh 
I think he ran with that crew, but like, so it was just one of those things that escalated. Like there were a few showdowns where we had, where it was like, we basically threw rocks. It was like it, like we were on a dirt (laughs) hill and they tried to like come like beat us with clubs and we just threw enough rocks at them where they ran away and never came back. So we were like, okay, well, fuck these guys. So we intentionally built this fort and it's so it's so amazing that there wasn't a death of a kid fatality right because it was one of those kid traps it was up a tree and we built a platform in the like the three prongs of this tree and it was the rickety as all hell but to get in you had to like climb basically parallel to the ground and then up yeah so we put a we put a trick a trick step in there it was basically just a loose nail. So if you stepped on it, you would have fallen 25 feet Oh god! Oh onto god. a tree stump that we had sharpened the wood so that if you fell, you would like it was it like horrifically like, yeah, if he falls, he's going to die on this tree stump. And then we went, <laughs> just went home Slept. for the day. That's so yes, exactly. That's shit. That's so crazy. It reminds me of crazy hills. And, uh, how God? Who was it? Shane. It's this kid that went to school, Millet. Sather. Yes, kind of got because he and Joey always went at it. He got rubed by Joey a lot. Well, here's another rube story, and I think we probably mentioned. <laughs> so, Crazy Hills is perfect Watertown fair because it's down at the bottom of Saint Anne's Hill. Basically, if there was a bridge, it'd be under it, and it was just all these dirt hills, and people take their dirt bikes and run around on them, and like just go up and down and like speed around. And if yeah, you it's went, along a river. Yeah, yeah, it's where the hobos would sleep. Basically, they were hobos that didn't get run out of town. And there's one part where there's a couple hills, and you can build up speed, and you go, and then you zip actually into the woods. So what did Joey do? He just like drew a a garrot line, like he just put a clothesline into the woods directly from this Jesus path, Christ. and then basically just went and rode his bike, and sure enough. You know, this, this, this kid came in and was like, what's up, fuckers? And just sped up on this and it just caught him on the neck. And it was just oh, like, God. it was like uh, the like um, Return of the Jedi when these people are getting zipped off oh, their, their racers. Yeah. You just see him on the bike and it just goes, zip, and just takes him off. And he's like, <laughs> like, but like, why wasn't his... Like in Sopranos, why wasn't his windpipe crushed, right? Or like actually some like, like the the close calls that kids get away with yeah. is unreal. Oh no, we made like troglodyte weapons. Like it took a deer antler my dad had and like cut a hole in, and I was like, "This is a hook. If someone comes, I'm gonna fucking hook him <laughs> right. in the face with this antler." Like the way and my ancient ancestors would have. Killed a wolf yeah, like, who was trying to eat their children. Jeepers Creepers? What is this? It's children <laughs> when of it corn. was just some kid who called me fat in a fag in like math class. I'm like, I'm going to put this fucking antler in his eye. If I fucking, if he comes in these woods, it's like, yeah. he's not going to come in the woods, you weirdo. You talk to Go them, home. Like, yeah, when we're in high school, it's like, uh, Johnny, you got into it. Oh, that's too bad. What are you guys going to fight? I'm going to go find him and run him over with my car. It's like, where do we live? <laughs> A border town on the edge of sanity. Yeah, that's perfect. 
Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Here lies Dad One and his friend Toilet Juice, one shoelace a lanyard, the other a noose. R.I.P. on your friend's pillow during the sleepover. Thank you for listening, guys. Uh, I knew I had something. Just needed a minute, minute, minute to brew it. Brew it and do it. Bon Scotter and Notter. Oh, well, that's just, I mean, come on. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you haven't, give us a rating. Go back, maybe give it a rate. Click that five star, baby. Or give it a four if you think it's a four. Or give it a more if you think it's a more. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Um, I'll definitely put some stuff up this week. Uh, a link to the Gigi Allen documentary. Check out Vince on You Made It Got You Made It Weird. Um, support Vince Averill. He's got a podcast, an amazing podcast called We Watch Wrestling with Matt McCarthy. He's doing so many amazing things, and most importantly, he's such a good guy and he's so funny. Uh, I think that's it. Here is the cold tag. I don't know what it is, but I kind of do because it's now. Do you guys know what uh, what I did to get in here? I taped Larry Lester's buns together. <laughs> that was you? Yeah, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, they know how hairy he is, right? Well, when they pulled the tape off, most of his hair came off and some, some skin, too. Oh, my God. And the bizarre thing is, is that I did it for my old man. I tortured this poor kid because I wanted him to think that I was cool. He's always going off about, you know, when he was in school, all the wild things he used to do. And I got the feeling that he was disappointed that I never cut loose on anyone, right? So I'm, I'm sitting in the locker room, and I'm taping up my knee, and Larry's undressing a couple lockers down from me. And he's kind of, he's kind of skinny, weak. And I started thinking about my father and his attitudes about, about weakness. And the next thing I knew, I, I jumped on top of him and, and started wailing on him. And my friends, they just laughed and cheered me on. And afterwards, when I was sitting in, in, in Vernon's office, all I could think about was Larry's father and Larry having to go home and, and explain what happened to him. And the humiliation, fucking humiliation he must have felt. It must have been unreal. I mean, how do you, how do you apologize for something like that?